You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Now, as much as I love Facebook ads, they are certainly not the only way to sell more on your online store. Today, I am joined by special guest, Katie Griffin, who is a Google ads specialist. She runs her own digital agency alongside her course, Profitable Promotion, which teaches business owners and digital marketers how to leverage enterprise level strategies to execute profitable Google ads. Today, she is breaking things down for us so that we can see how we can get started with Google ads for an e-commerce store. So let's dive in. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. It is an absolute pleasure. I know my audience has been so excited for this one because Google ads is something they ask me about all the time. It is not my specialty at (laughs) all. So it kind of scares me a little bit sometimes. So... I just give us an idea. What are the different types of Google ads? It's so funny because you're Facebook specialist and it is really like that. People think that those that can do Facebook ads are also like, you can just do Google ads as well. It's online, right? It's the same thing. (laughs) Um, But no, so Google ads are another form of paid advertising and they're mostly those ads that pop up when you are searching for something on Google. There is a lot more under the umbrella of Google ads, but the main classifications are search ads. So basically those text ads that pop up, on Google, when you are searching for something, you've got shopping ads, which are the ones that you'll see that have like a product image and a brand and a price. And then there's things like display remarketing type ads, similar to on Facebook when you are getting retargeted by dynamic ads of products you've just viewed, or it also encompasses things like YouTube. Predominantly, it's those text ads, those shopping ads, and those ads that sort of follow you around when you're browsing other websites as well. So they do do a little bit of stalking like Facebook as well. 100% stalk away, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what makes them different from social media ads? So like you mentioned, we do a lot on Facebook and Instagram. TikTok is growing heaps now for e-commerce as well. I guess if they're coming up on search, they're a little bit different because we just kind of chuck our ad in front of someone whether they were looking for it or not. 100%. So with social ads, usually it's you fall into some sort of interest list or you are getting remarketed to. The difference with Google is you're actually usually searching for something online. So mm. Facebook is great because it can get you before you've realised that you need a product. Whereas Google is getting you at the point where you've already recognised that you are wanting to buy something. So it's great at capturing that demand. So instead of relying on you falling onto an audience interest list, it gets you when you're typing in buy XYZ or something you know, let's look candles near me or something like that. You've identified you've got There's that little bit more intent. Exactly. So it's high purchase intent, which is why I love it. And the creative is also so different as well. As you know, you can be really creative on Facebook and use videos. You can still do some of that on Google Ads, but not as much. And it relies on you having a really targeted set of keywords so that you're going after people that are interested in the products that you're, you're selling. And really great imagery. So when you're showing shopping ads, that you're showing products in a way that is enticing to potential customers. So let's talk about those shopping ads, because I think they're really interesting for the e-commerce market. How do they work and how could someone use that for an e-commerce store? So shopping ads, like I said, are those ones that have a product image, a price, a brand. And when you click on them, they take you directly to that product page. 
And the way you use them is you need this thing called a product feed, and that can pull directly from your Shopify or your WordPress backend and connects to Google. You need a little other platform called Google Merchant Center, and it creates a product feed that has information about your product title, your brand, your price, and pulls also the image directly from your site as well. And then instead of relying on keywords, so you don't actually need to do any keyword research, which is a really big benefit. Mm. Instead of relying on keywords, it matches your product title. So your product title acts as your keywords. So your product title tells Google, if someone's searching for something similar to this or related to this, show them my ad. So there can be up to nine shopping ads in one auction as opposed to search where there's usually four, up to four. But the great thing about shopping is, and the reason why I love it, is that it actually can pre-qualify people as well because we don't want traffic just for the sake of getting traffic. We want to make sure that traffic is qualified. And if people are searching for a certain style of dress or a certain style of cushion or and your image isn't what they're looking for, it pre-qualifies them to not click on that because they can already see it. Whereas with text ads, they don't get any of that visual information. And so... Yeah, so they might be clicking through and then go, oh, that's not my style That's not what I'm looking for and jump off. So you've paid for that click though. So it can help to pre-qualify. So as I coach my students and my clients, I say things like click-through rate, it's, you know, it can be an indicator, but it also isn't the most important thing because sometimes you want a lower click-through rate because you are pre-qualifying people based on your image or as well your price. Yeah. So if you are a premium-based business and your price is a lot more expensive than someone else, you don't want people clicking on that ad if their market is budget and they want to shop at Kmart or Big W or Target. So it helps with some of those pre-qualifying factors as well. Yeah, I really love that. Back of my mind's going racing, going, oh, I could use this in so yeah. many ways. <laughs> now, one thing I've noticed, and I actually do use when I'm thinking about my search habits now, I use Google Shopping a lot. Mm-hmm. But another search result that I've noticed is people paying for their own name or their own brand name to come up. So what's the idea behind that? Yeah, so this is called brand ads. We, uh, Well, I refer them to them as brand ads, and that's essentially when you're bidding on your own brand name. So for me, my name's Katie Griffin. That's me bidding on Katie Griffin as a name. There are a couple of main reasons why you would do this. The first one is to protect your space. So people don't actually realise, but there is no limit to bidding on any keyword inside Google Ads. So I could bid on anyone's brand name. And this happens a lot in the e-com space, particularly with bigger businesses. Mm. You can bid on anyone's brand name, even if it's trademarked. You just can't have the business name in your ad copy. And also, I don't recommend doing that ever because it just isn't a great look. But you can bid on anyone's name. So essentially what that means is that If you have amazing organic rankings and you're sitting up in number one position with your SEO results, four ads could still be sitting on top of you and you're still below the fold. So you still have to scroll to get to your organic listing and you're giving the competitors that opportunity to steal that traffic from you. Okay. So one is brand protection. Secondly, it's also about controlling the messaging. So with your organic result, it can be hard to send people to different pages. You usually get going to the home page. You could take them to the top sellers page, or if you're having a promo, you could change that ad copy so it's going to the sales page, or you could highlight the ad copy to highlight that promo. Mm. You can also, it also protects, if you've got two results, you've got double the chance of getting the click, which is another reason if you don't have any competition in that space. You can also see competition, so you can look at your auction insights and see when other people start bidding on your name as well. So it gives you an opportunity to see when other people start bidding on your name too. The other reason I really love it is because you get to see the link between non-brand searches and brand performance. So 
the way that Google Ads works is it works in conjunction with your other marketing efforts. Your Facebook, they might come in initially on a Facebook ad and then they might convert on a brand Google ad. But without initially that initial ad on Facebook, they might not have converted on Google. Or it could they could have come from a shopping cold traffic ad and then convert on the brand ad. So you get to see that tie, that link between the two. And I think that's so important for people because, you know, we're always looking at what did this do as a sole thing? So how did my Facebook ads perform? Or how did my email marketing perform? Or how did my Google ads perform? And they all work so well together and they complement each other. And people might touch across all of them and be assisted by different means to actually get that final sale. Yeah, and that's really important, like you said, to understand because often if you're seeing a lot of conversions on brand campaigns, you might be like, I'm going to pause this non-brand campaign. But then suddenly your brand conversions go down because actually those non-brand campaigns were driving them to then come through later on on the brand. And the other reason I really like it is cheap clicks. Usually you're paying not much per click because you have high domain authority and Google rewards you for that. So you get really cheap conversions, which then also feeds Google's conversion tracking and automated bidding because they know what sort of customers to bid if you're using leveraging automated bid strategies. So you're helping to build that sort of data. Exactly. And I'm just going to say one more thing as well, is that you can start to track the growth in brand awareness and brand. I, I don't love using Google ads for brand awareness, but the only thing that I like to use it for is you might see that last month you spent $20 on your brand campaign and this month you spent 50 So suddenly there's a lot more people searching for your brand name. You can sort of chart the growth oh, in your brand yeah. awareness because it's literally people searching on Google for your brand name. For your name, mm. yeah. Oh, I like that. Off to start an unstoppable e-commerce yeah. brand campaign. And I have one just for my <laughs> own brand name and it only gets, you know, a handful of clicks and a little bit of spend, but it still gives me some information. How many people searched on Google, clicked on my name and then went through and joined my course waitlist or bought one of my products? So you can see, even if you might only be spending $5, $10 on that campaign a month, but you get a lot of important data in that campaign. Yeah, I love it. So if somebody is just starting out, they've got an e-commerce brand, you've got Google Shopping, you've got search ads, you've got display ads, we've got these brand campaigns, where should they even start? So the first thing I always recommend is you need to upskill yourself a little bit, regardless of whether you're outsourcing or doing it yourself. Often when you are doing it yourself and you might just be relying on Google's recommendations and unfortunately Google's recommendations and best practice isn't necessarily best practice strategy-wise for your individual site or your store. So I always recommend upskill yourself because A, that'll help you immensely if you are running your own ads, but B, if you decide to outsource, which is a great option, you will then be able to effectively performance manage the person who's outsourcing as well. Yeah, because great advice. Yeah, because often so many businesses get taken for a ride by the agency who has just set up one ad. They don't know what they're doing necessarily and they're reporting back, you got this many impressions, this many clicks. And if you're totally green to Google Ads, you might think that that is a fantastic result. Mm. So you do need to upskill yourself a little bit just so you can effectively understand what someone is talking about if they're reporting back to you. The other thing I sort of touched on is ignore Google's advice because Google's advice is what's best for them Yes, and they want you to spend more. So ignore Google's advice when it comes to using this campaign type or, you know, bidding on these keywords. They're going off what is going to get them money rather than what's going to build your business. Facebook so, does the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically ignore all the recommendations. Yep. <laughs> and then the third thing is understand what metrics are important. So one thing for me that I really try to encourage is relevancy over reach. So 
make sure you're bidding on relevant keywords rather than the keywords that are going to get you the most amount of clicks, impressions, biggest spend. When you're going through keyword research, Google will tell you how many average monthly searches this particular keyword gets. And it's really tempting to bid on the keywords that have the highest monthly search volume because you think, oh, great, I'm going to get so many more sales if I bid on these keywords. But yeah, they're usually broader in nature and will bring more unqualified traffic to your site. They won't buy and then you'll get disheartened with Google Ads, leave, you'll spend money and got no conversions. Better to start small. So start bidding on those really niche, what best represents your products and then build up from there. So it's always better to start small and then get bigger rather than starting big and then losing hope and losing money and then having to niche down. Yeah, I love that. When I say niche down, it's not keywords that don't get any search volume, but it's those really hyper-relevant, like what sort of products do you sell? What sort of material are people looking for? If you're a premium product, what are those premium ingredients or those premium materials? So we have a merino wool hat brand. Right. So I guess it's instead of somebody searching bidding for ladies' hats. No. They'd be searching for merino wool hats. And you'll get less people and it might be a slower build because you'll get a subset of people that are in... Yes, there will be some people searching for ladies' hats that will want a merino hat, but it'll be a lower conversion rate, it'll be a lower profitability and a higher cost per acquisition. So you want to go off that. What is the subset that indicates someone interested in your products? And focus on that first. It's also about when you're looking at your account as a whole and you might be having a shopping campaign, a brand campaign, or a marketing campaign and a search campaign, follow what is working best. So if the shopping campaign is killing it and your non-brand search campaign is not really performing that well, allocate the budget to the shopping campaign. So follow the campaigns that are working best and then build later on. So double down on what's working and then you can build the rest later. Fantastic. Now, I have to ask because things got shook up for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh, was it last year or the year before when Apple's, the iOS changes, all the things that affected privacy, it made it a lot harder for us to, one, target the best people because a lot of the targeting wasn't tracked anymore. And also the reporting became not as accurate because they couldn't track the data after somebody left Facebook. So did that affect Google as well? Thankfully, not to the same degree, if at all that it did with Facebook because it's a different, like I mentioned earlier, is it's actually people searching on Google. So not falling onto these audience lists necessarily. Some remarketing stuff got impacted, but not in the way that remarketing's, you know, 2% of an account or 5% an account of an account. Okay. The 95% that search shopping didn't get impacted at all because it's people on Google and you're not having to rely on this third party audience sources. It yeah. has forced changes remarketing-wise with cookie-based remarketing so that are implementing or encouraging more of that similar to the customer upload lists like you would use for Facebook, increasing and encouraging more of that. So there used to be, you can, you know, with Facebook upload your list of data. Google used to have quite big thresholds that you had to have an account that had spent more than $50,000 USD to be able to utilise oh, wow. what's called customer match on Google. And then they create those lookalike audiences which are called similar lists on Google. And you used to have had to have had an account that had spent a significant amount of money. So that's about 65,000, 70,000 AUD before you qualified to upload your first party data. And they've removed wow. that now because as they move to that cookie-less remarketing world, that's really the only significant impacts that that have had on Google. But, you know, we didn't see that drop in conversions. Attribution window didn't change. The good thing about the way we've always run Google Ads is that we've always done click-based conversion tracking. So if someone viewed a Google ad, 
then went on, didn't click through, went on to buy. We didn't track that in the past, whereas you did have that option with Facebook ads and the default option was, you know, one day view, 28 day click. So a lot of people that were using that default attribution window saw a big decline because of that. Whereas on Google, it actually made things more similar between Google and Facebook because they both weren't counting those view throughs. So Yeah, so it just became about the clicks. It just became about the clicks. And so from an account manager perspective, that actually had a positive impact for us because in the past people would always say, oh, but Facebook's doing ROAS of 1,000% and Google's 600%. that <laughs> yeah. discrepancy? And we were like, Facebook's cheating. <laughs> you know, no, we were all up in arms about it. But well, we say the same about Google. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, we're so against each other. But, yeah, so it actually it didn't have that huge impact and there wasn't, I mean, I can't say that there's not changes coming in the future, but at this stage there haven't been any, you know, changes that have forced us to rethink the way that we're doing our ads as a result of that. Great. That's really positive. So if people are listening and they're thinking, and they probably should be, that this could be a really good idea for their e-commerce store, how can they learn more from you and where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a course very similar, like you upskill your students. So I have a a paid course that is a 12-week course to learn Google ads. But a great way to decide if you do want to learn more is I have a free 10-day challenge that's running at the end of August. And that is like a precursor to my paid course. And it has five challenges over a two-week period, upskilling you on areas of tech setup, keyword research, goal setting, optimization, and conversion tracking in short, sharp videos. And that's available at... Sounds great. <laughs> you can sign up at... Um, yeah, will be. <laughs> KatieGriffin.com Katie forward slash challenge. And that will, yeah, go live. The challenge will start at the end of end of August. Fantastic. We'll link that up into the show notes as well. And anywhere else, they can follow you on socials as well? Yes, I am active mostly (laughs) on Instagram, which is katiegriffin underscore. And then, yeah, everything else is available at the website, katiegriffin.com. And, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your absolute wealth of knowledge. I think we could talk about this for hours. We might have to get you back on sometime. But I know that this is going to be really great for people that haven't maybe dealt into the world of Google Ads yet because it can be a little bit daunting learning something new. I think the challenge would be a great way for people to start and dip their toe in the waters and see if it's something they'd like to learn more about. So thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to keep up to date with all that's happening in e-commerce marketing, free website audits, latest tips, and hang out with some other pretty cool people, be sure to check out my free Facebook group, Unstoppable E-Commerce Entrepreneurs. I'll see you on the inside.